Casey, how are your crows doing? I saw that you bought a uh, like a crow call. Oh, my stepdad gave me that. That was part of my Christmas present. Uh, he's he's big into hunting and shit, so he he picked a a good quality brand. Oh yeah, it's have you good. had any luck with it? Yet? Progress this past week. The weather's been too shit. So you haven't really even gotten a chance to get out there and get them or try it. Well, I mean, I've I've had the chance. It's just been too cold. When it's not raining, it's too cold, and I I, I can't. I don't want to do all that. Have you thought about? I mean, have you thought about using any kind of like uh, like seed or anything else to like attract them? Yeah, yeah, I've I've got some bird seed um, that I'm trying to put some like little berries and stuff because they like berries. So I'm trying to add berries and stuff to it. Uh, you get organic. Apparently, you can't it's a pain in the ass to try to find wholesale beetle husks. So if you guys know where to buy wholesale beetle husk, that'd be great. Crows yeah, really please email us at this here podcast at gmail dot uh, com. I could use I could use a lot of uh, beetle husks and a, and a big amount. This is I've got probably. 14 crows out here why don't you just buy the beetles and husk them alive yeah it's if you think it's hard to find ten thousand fucking beetle husks it's even harder to find a shop that'll sell you ten thousand live beetles no i could buy five thousand uh live ladybugs on amazon right now so you yeah. just leave them in the box till they die and then you, you've like, got husks they, they sell beetles on amazon yeah yeah no fucking shit uh, you just have to be really specific with your keywords, otherwise you'll just get a bunch of music and other shit. Well, I know how to spell uh, Beatles the right way. Just make sure you're yeah. not like you know looking in the music section. You're looking in the like the home improvement and gardening. What are they selling for your garden? Sorry, for? Because the, sometimes they're good for it. You got to have like ladybugs and other kinds of insects that are are beneficial to getting rid of pesty or pesky other insects well, there's ladybugs but so, i'm not seeing anything for beetles um, C- casey can you i ask dung beetles casey can i ask well, what what inspired you to to pursue this uh interest in crows how, how did this kinship get started uh one time i saw a crow steal steal a chalupa from a taco bell and i thought well that's that's a pretty fascinating fucking animal right there to stolen a whole chalupa, and that was pretty much that's all it takes. That's it's all, all it took. Because you you said something about you you just moved and you saw like there was like some crows nearby or something like that. Well, yeah, I know uh, the place I used to live at. We had a lot of deer, and um, I used to feed the deer that lived in our house. Um, well, not in the house, but like it was like this. Rob could tell you he was there a bunch of times. So we had this weird little like wooded spot in the middle of Athens, and we had a family of deer that would sleep in the uh, wooded area and so i'd give them like graham crackers and shit you know uh corn uh they like cereal get some of those like big bags of cereal throw that shit out there what kind of cereal uh anything with a lot of sugar anything cinnamony anything sugary anything that's gonna be fatty because the goal was to put fat on them for the winter time because the moms would always show up like totally emaciated and the babies would be like on the verge of death. So you get the mom fat, the mom feeds the babies, then you get the babies fat. Um, I think we ended up rate, having like four different family of deer come through. Casey's the prime reason that deer fuck up cars when you hit them. If you hit a little emaciated deer, you'd be fine. But he's over here fattening shits up. So when they go out on the highway, you're just like, God damn it. There's big fat bitches in the road. This is what Casey did. That, uh... Uh, he, 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 neglected, he neglected to mention he lives or lived directly off of West Broad. So it's not like these deer are living in like a great safe area. Well, that's why I yeah, fed them because like I didn't want them to have to go too far. It's not a safe area. That's so like I literally be, on Atlanta Highway. 
Yeah, yeah. I can't. I, the, the number of people who probably got their cars fucked up off of these deer that, and they, all those deer were telling their deer friends like, "Oh, this motherfucker's eating us in the backyard." And they they keep you said four deer family, four. Well, not at the same time. The, no shit. Would, One would die, and then the next family would come on through, and he'd be like, "They didn't die." Fairmere came back. Who did? Fairmere brought his kids back. The last batch we had, it was Fairmere that brought his kids back. Who was the first? Was the last batch. fucking baby deer we had. That's the awesomest part. The first baby deer we had grew up and brought his family back. That was like right before well, we, we figured out that that was that same deer, and it was uh, it was really rewarding. In the uh, in the essence of uh, of going out in your backyard and seeing something fucking weird and everything else, I guess that's in keeping with uh, with what we're doing here today. This is the Supernaturally Bad Podcast. With us today, we've got Case Man Three Thousand, Michael Melgar, Andrew Vanoy, and me, Rob Fenley. Today we're going to be getting into some uh, some little little. I, I don't even know what color they are. What what color are the dudes we're uh, taking a look at today, Andrew? Of all the planets in the galaxy, they chose ours. They hide in small places. This phone is dead. What? They light the dark. Jay, any luck? Just a minute. There's nothing cute about them. They've come a long way, and they're hungry. Dad's all torn up, and Mom's got like a harpoon sting in her neck, and they're getting bigger. Critters. They bite. The image of gray aliens with their bulbous heads and large eyes are about as common as water for most of the world. But where did that portrayal enter the zeitgeist? Today we dive into the genesis of the little green, uh, or I mean gray man phenomena, with the story of the Kelly Hopkinsville encounter. I've literally been saying since yeah. day one that we should be talking about little green ghouls, so this is pretty fucking satisfying. Yeah, man, this one goes out to you, Case Man, because you would be out there feeding these goblins just like you're feeding your crows and your deer. Well, they look like they were in rough shape, absolutely. Before we uh, jump into the story, Casey, what what do you think was going on in Christian County, Kentucky in 1955? Uh, Who was the president? Ike? Was that Eisenhower in 55? You're fishing on the Ohio River, uh, listening to some bluegrass. Uh, Korean War. It's two years ended, I guess, by 55. So those, those guys have come on home. A lot of egregious hate crimes, I'm sure. Uh, but that's uh, that's a that's for another podcast to to really shine a light on. Yeah, let, let's please not go into that right now. Fifty-five. Okay, is he still down the rabbit hole? There's just something significant about <laughs> 1955 that I can't wrap my head around. What is it, Casey? What do you think it is? I don't know. I'm trying to remember. There's something. Oh, no, totally. Godzilla, duh. Godzilla came to America in 1955. It was released in Japan in 54. But Godzilla came Godzilla to the came, came, Godzilla came to the U.S. Uh, when Matthew Broderick brought him here. Don't lie to us. We're not doing this. <laughs> We're not fucking doing this. I'm not so, going to have this. Um, we've, we've done this. I'm not Michael, playing this fucking game. Do you think they were watching Godzilla in Christian County, Kentucky? I can almost guarantee you they were not. So before we jump into the story, we'd like to disclose our main sources. 
The first of them is a 2020history.com article entitled How the Little Green Men Phenomenon Began on a Kentucky Farm by Volker Jansen. We also have a book entitled The Kelly Green Men by Geraldine Sutton Stith, who is the daughter of one of the couples who experienced this encounter. And it's a pretty interesting perspective because it's from the family's point of view, uh, which I really enjoy because she even says that she writes like she talks. So a lot of how uh, the story is going to play out today, it might sound like we're making fun of rural people, but this is actually what this what this book sounds like. So it's totally not far off from what we're going to be covering today. I don't mean to shit on history.com, but like... <clears throat> What a silly name, History Doc. That sounds like some shit from even Stevens that like Shia LaBeouf would be on to try to see if he had some kind of curse from getting hit in the nuts by a dodgeball. I just checked with History.com. <laughs> History.com. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's just such a silly thing. What a silly name. History.com. I mean, I get... Uh, have you never heard of history.com it's it's uh, it sounds like something that uh like a really like young teenage girl would say about an ex-girlfriend like oh you know oh what about tony oh he's (laughs) history.com well what are your thoughts about uh the history channel do you think that's equally as dumb no because because uh I, i have immense respect for tv it is the website for the history channel well you should call it historychannel.com I get all I get all my information about like the goings on in the world from uh, the news channel and news.com and all my recipes come from food.com. Wait. Oh, none of this exists. <laughs> it sure as fuck does. <laughs> none of this actually exists. I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's actually like a food food.com. Yeah, well, you're I'm wrong sure as fuck. All sorts of stuff.com. I'm sure there's anything you can think of.com. Casey, uh, history channel is where uh, ancient aliens comes on. Have you ever watched Ancient Aliens? Oh, I hate that show. <laughs> I really do. I love aliens and all things concerning them and want them to come down and, and meet with me personally. I would love to to host that summit. But I, I, I hate when they're talking about like, oh, there's no way they could have built these pyramids without the help of some sort of extraterrestrial influence. No, they had like a million fucking Hebrew slaves hauling bricks up the side of a fucking pyramid <laughs> day in and day out. Of course they managed to get it done. They had nothing the fuck else to do. It's not like they were like, oh shit, we don't have time to finish this pyramid because the new you know, they're rebooting damages. Glenn Close won't be around for long. No, they didn't have shit else to do. It was like build a pyramid or fucking sweat. Or both, I guess in that case. Yeah, you're already sweating. May as well, you know, make some use of your time. Yeah, but that's not as fun as a story as like, hey, little green man helped us build the pyramids. So yeah, guys, we'd like to jump into the story and uh, and start off by kind of telling you a little bit about the setting. It's a hot and dry day in southwest Kentucky. A carnival is working its way up from US-41 from Evansville, Indiana to Kelly, Kentucky in Christian County. In that cadre is a son of Christian County, Elmer Lucky Sutton. Lucky is highly eager to get back to his home, eat some of his mother's cooking, and relax. Listen to the woos of the grass and the hum of the crickets. It was an incredibly small community by today's standards. As the crew barreled into town, many of the community were incredibly happy to see Elmer and his compatriots return with their exciting tales of the carnival. As Lucky settled into his life in Kelly, he returned from the dusty roads and tent bikes of the carnival. He was home, hunting rabbits with his brothers, 
eating big suppers the gals prepared as the gents were stalking. Dishes clashed as the fellas played cards, but the night was warm and dry as the day. The men became parched and seeked the cool relief of a sip from the old well. For the record, well water is naturally cold and pure. Even today, you have families with ice-cold well water running indoors. Young Billy Ray, all of 21 years old, found himself to be exceptionally parched. He needed a cool sip from the well. As he hoisted the bucket from the well to quench his thirst, Billy found himself witnessing a sight beyond belief. Billy dropped the pail and hauled ass back to the homestead, slamming the door behind him and in complete shock, the family was more curious than Billy himself. Well, hell's bells, Billy. You look like you've seen a ghost. Oh, hell, I almost wished I hadn't seen a ghost instead. I saw one old big goddamn sun bitch here across the sky. It was like a silver bullet followed by a rainbow. Stop Fine. for a minute and talk about what this thing looked like. I think uh, we have some pictures that we're looking at. Uh, I mean, it's what, two to three feet tall? Uh, oh, my or three God. I can't, I this can't is remember what the they, what most they beautiful thing I have ever seen. What the fuck it's is got, this little guy? <laughs> it's got big fucking uh, like pizza slice sized ears. Uh, the eyes actually kind of look like somebody just threw some like Reese cups. Amphib- uh, amphibian eyes. They look amphibian. No, they yeah, definitely do uh, look I like mean, the Reese's cups. How do we know that those right? are eyes, guys? I'm not convinced because those are that's eyes. where eyes go. Well, yeah. What the fuck do you think they are? True. Could uh, be nipples. And some of these other sketches, it actually looks like it's a part of like perhaps like a helmet or something that's connected to its what 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 you think is its ears. The ears might actually just be like a, a sort of like headwear. It's just uh, got a hell of a chest though. Because because when they when they saw it, they didn't describe it with I don't believe in this case they described it with eyes. Well, so I mean from what we're seeing here with the ears though, I mean the ears have all like the hallmark ridges of being to like knock sound around and, and kind of direct it into your into your ear canal, right? I mean, if you were wearing a helmet, you wouldn't really need that because you'd have like a, you'd have speakers, you'd have like a something, you know, relaying that information and that sound into your ears, right? You wouldn't need all that to bounce the sound around. I take that back, so, by the way. It says that the eyes were yellow in the center with a white rim about six inches apart and they were glowing. Fucking awesome. It looks like a Pokemon of some sort. It does. Uh, so uh, it actually looks really, really similar to, uh, I can't remember, like, remember how to pronounce it, but it's like Sabley, Sabley. If you want to take a look, go to Bulbapedia. I'm sure they'd be happy for the traffic. But yeah, it yeah, looks very much like that. I, I actually look, looked it up, and it's based on uh, the Kelly Kentucky Goblin case. Oh, is he really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, it, it just a little bit of that's trivia. not that fascinating. They've run out of shit to base Pokemon on. There's a set of keys now. It's an ice cream cone too. They've run out. Yeah. Of but, <laughs> uh, so still me out there. All right, so. all right. So so looking looking at this picture though, one of the things that is very clear is obviously he's got defined pectoral muscles, right? No and nipples. His arms. Look at those. But arms. also, yeah. Well, they said that the arms didn't like they came close to ground, but they didn't touch. Like they they kind of like floated. But what interests me like interests me the most, right, is that if we're looking at a bear animal, right? Like, let's assume that that is, in fact, its face. Where the fuck are the genitals at on this thing? Because I, I see no cocker balls, and I see there's no no anything, really. Where, where would we see that? So my thought, is, my thought is it may be on the behind side because it's like a, a, a bird or a lizard, and it's got a cloaca. So it's like it's all its poo-poo and pee-pee and sex all happens out of the same hole. So they they do like cats and they just back up to each other. No, it's more like birds where it's just like it it as the egg comes out it just kind of shoots its piss and seed. 
and whatever on top of it. They just they're nasty little creatures. That's just cloaca means common sewer. So it's just all the. So they don't. It all comes I, out of one know, hole. It, it, I don't think we've gotten uh, gotten too far into the, the the scripts here to know whether or not they they ever actually communicate. But I think it would be face, it'd be fair to, to assume that in this case, this this species of creature, uh, face down, ass up, means nothing to them. Yeah, I'd say so. Well, look at it; it doesn't have much of an ass. Another thing to mention here is that it's got like uh, two to three inch long uh, talons. Oh, that are almost near his feet too. They're like they're like almost like. Close to dragging. They're not quite oh, at the floor, but almost so at the floor. Can we look at some of the other versions and like compare? Because this is what the interesting things is like person to person, how they describe it. Oh, that one looks like Ren from Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> it, does. it really does. This, this does. guy is about to tell you that he wants some Taco Bell. I like that they put way more detail into its torso on this one, right? He still has the Reese cup eyes on his face and everything that's, that's the indicative in the other, but this one, he's got like eight tits, but still no nipples. Right. Could be rich, and the reason that, the, well, and I, I bring up the, I bring up the, the nipples for the, what was it? The, the half nipple rule. Right. It's like, uh, or like the, or, maybe not half nipples, two nipple, whatever it is where it's like, if if a species has two nipples, the max litter size for that species is typically going to be two, right? And same for like four, five, six, whatever, like all these. So in this case, they could give birth to what eight at a time. But the other I'm one, not seeing any nipples of, though. That is also true. I wonder. Well, they I'm feed from the cloaca as well. They're Who's to say they breed like like we even do on our Earth? You know, these guys could be up in a in a ship. They could just be the little garbage getters. You know, they might just be the minions. They could have a whole like on Alien. You know how they just lay the eggs in a big fucking ship or whatever. They could just be huge egg chambers filled with these motherfuckers. So you think these are like? I feel like that's got to be their thing. Like the the boss aliens aren't going to come down here. They're not going to risk getting stuck. And wait till you hear the story too. There's it's it's pretty interesting what their behavior is like. As far as uh, like differences between the two photos, one thing I am noticing though is uh, in looking at the the Reese cup eyes on this one, it almost looks like they're attached to like a band that goes around the head, almost like they're wearing their own eyes. I don't know if you guys see that. I never noticed that one before. But yeah, exactly. I know that in the when we, we were, when we were on the the production call, I talked about the, the lines that were coming out of its head, and I couldn't tell if those were meant to be something pointing at its head. I, I think those, those are actual antennas. I think those are intended to be antenna uh, because there's right. nothing else pointing to anything else on the anatomy of the creature. So I do think those are supposed to be apparatus that come out so, of the head. I'm going to go ahead and guess that the nose is its genitalia. Perhaps. It is, it is uh, interesting that one has no nose whatsoever and the other one has a little like knobby nose. Maybe they maybe they, they, they oh like yes a, maybe they run on like a caste system. If you were born with a nose, you're of a higher caliber goblin. I hope all my children look like these guys someday. So yeah, now we're looking at uh, an additional drawing called Figure Eleven, which will actually be up on the website and everything. But it's uh, how the little green man was uh, drawn or described in other newspapers based on other accounts. Top left, he looks like a fucking superhero. Yeah, he, he not a great, not a great one, or maybe a sidekick. Yeah, he looks like something out of like Rick and Morty. He has, he has hooves. One of my favorite things is that the very first illustration, 
uh, mentions like for the mouth, it says that there's a thin line. I'm not sure that that was a mouth. And so that's what I was just saying, man. Who's to say that's even a mouth? If they've got antenna, then they likely aren't verbal with the way they communicate. The other illustration. What do they need those big? Stuff. What do they need those big fucking ears for them? It might not be ears. It could be. It could be part of. Who the knows helmet. what those could be? But the one thing to take away is like these uh, definitely look like or influenced in some way, shape, or form the gremlins of the the movies. The Magua. Yeah. Not the well, I guess they were Mogwai before you, you got them wet and fed them yeah. at midnight, weren't they? And then they were gremlins after. Yeah. After you. Okay. Yeah, they look like the gremlins then. Because, I mean, it's definitely very muscular chest and shoulders, long arms with talons. They've got huge floppy ears. So it's definitely, uh, there's some inspiration that's been drawn there. Oh, uh, Hulk Hogan's going to get that ass. I want to say one more thing <laughs> about, about this, these pictures. W- one interesting thing, we were talking about the nose a moment ago. On the very first diagram, it says, nose, none. One man stated very strongly that there was none. And then on the second diagram, it said, nose, saw a cone-like nose tapering to a point with a ball on the end of it. So we're seeing, we're hearing two very different descriptions of what the facial features look like. I think these people were so afraid. Uh, I feel little details like that in accounts where there's like one person says there's a nose. One person says there isn't. It was the middle of the night, and these dudes were seeing this fucking thing and were scared shitless. And it probably have like no, it's nineteen fifty five Kentucky. They have no frame of reference for anything like this. These guys sound like fucking yeah. They're carnies. They're not. They're not dipping out to the fucking movies. I'm not saying anything bad about carnies. I think it's some of the most interesting work. You know, if I like travel, oh dude, I'd be a carny. You kidding me? Some of the cool shit you get to see, big old husky ladies with facial hair and kids grew together and stuff. So I, it's just now hitting me, right? If you were trying to look at this and you thought, oh, like, what if it's you know, like looking for like, like, what could this be if, if not something supernatural? Like, I could almost see like someone who's been stuck living in the woods for a while and it's like emaciated Warwick Davis, them long fucking fingers, little body. The ears might not be ears. It's just big shit stuck to the side of their face. They're just like been living in the woods. What are the odds? And they've three. And they've, malnourished little people there's Nobody actually says a good bit of them later by the way there's 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 a whole crew of these things and they just keep oh coming. yes this has All been right. your favorite so, uh, protagonist so far casey dude look at those little guys they're fucking sick how could you not love that <laughs> i want 30 of those to follow me everywhere i go i hope they scream like the aliens on mars attack i hope there's like 30 of them and they're all just going <laughs> i fucking love that guy all right I hate to keep gushing over Before it, we but, get back into oh, it. Oh, man, this is just my kind of shit. The only thing they're missing is like a little loincloth. Well, why, why do they need to Why do they need to wear any they clothes don't, at all? They don't need... Yeah, they don't. They, they don't, don't have any goods. That's more for me. That's for me. I don't I don't care that they're exposing themselves. Those, I just... I love... I love seeing dingy little creatures like that in loincloths. You're trying to... You're trying to humanize them. You're, you're, you're like, mm, what would it be like to have one living underneath my kitchen sink? Just like, has his own little life, gets his briefcase, goes to work every morning. Comes back, just shacks up underneath the sink and say, what's up, little man? Is your house looking a little drab? Life feeling a little less fulfilling? Alchemical equations not invigorating your mind like they used to? Come on down to Rosa Curtains. They have all of your curtain needs. They have curtains with small singe marks that you can say was from your candles. They have curtains that billow with the slightest breeze. It's great for showing guests 
the extent of your power. They even have curtains that are stain resistant for those occasional, albeit denied, acts of sex magic. Whatever your curtain needs, Rosa Curtains has you covered. They just ask that you please stop defacing their attempts at marketing. Guys, you know who you are. The family worked to calm the distressed Billy, clearly frightened by his sights. Billy took the men of the house to observe, but there was little to be seen. As the gents sipped some cool water from the well, they decided there was nothing to see. The men decided it was time to pick up the game of cards and forget Billy Ray's crazy machinations. The men walked back from the well, only to hear the slight rustling in the woods to their side. As the crew stopped to look, a small creature of about three feet tall with glowing eyes appeared from the woods. Oh shit, what is that? I told there's some demons out there, but none y'all wanted to believe me. The creature's hands nor their feet touched the ground, but floated above it. All the men shoved away into the house full of fright, horrified of what had come for them. Well, hell, Lucky, what is it this time? God darn it, I ain't been silly this time. There's a lot of horsing around out there, a bunch of boogers hooting and hollering all over the place, going buck wild. The family tried to calm Lucky and Billy, hoping that the consternation could be written off to the dogs lurking close by and rustling. Unfortunately, that was not to be, as Lucky and Billy worked to arm themselves against the invading forces. I'm going to protect this family, and you take this twenty-two, Billy. I'll take the shotgun. The gentlemen stood post, unwavering into the night to protect their home from what might lie in the woods. The seconds became minutes, which became slumped backs and heavy eyelids. The gents reached high alert and rushed into the house where Billy Ray's mother sat kicking her heels to get away from the door. What in God's name happened? I saw it. I seen it. I saw what you boys are on about. Them goblins. Just as Miss Glenny was attended to, the shots of gunfire rang out. Another member of the family, J.C., had found a gun and fired out the front window to kill one of the creatures as it had peeked in. Everyone rushed to the front porch to survey the damage and to see if J.C. had hit the goblin. As Billy Ray checked the surroundings, a tiny claw reached down to nab at Billy Ray's hair. Lucky shot the creature before it could grab more than hair. The creature rolled off the roof and floated on its back to the woods where it came from. I just flip over and float off. What in a slam hill are these biggers? Well, hell, maybe it's the devil coming for us. The family breaking down into hysterics further decompose themselves as another creature floats forward to the front door from the maple tree facing the house. Lucky and Billy open fire on the creature, watching it float away. What are these things? It clanked like a bucket when I shot it. Well, these bullets we're putting in these creatures, well, nothing should just float off. I mean, they should be laying on the ground. D E D dead. Miss Glennie tried to show a cooler head than Lucky and Billy Ray. Them creatures are not trying to hurt nobody. They've not got no gun, and they've not tried to bite nobody. Maybe they're just scared or need help. They've got their hands in there like they're trying to surrender. Well, God damn it, Mama, I don't know about you, but I ain't trying to find out if they're friendly or not. Why the hell they keep coming up to the house then? The men continued their patrol as the ladies calmed the children. As the time ticked by, the house became so quiet that even the tiniest noise could be heard, like the screeching of claws on the tin roof above. I'm gonna kill them sons of bitches! Lucky fired wildly into the roof to exterminate the creature. This would be a long night, the men realized, 
They were outmanned and running low on ammo. Well, we can't do this all damn night. We need some help. Damn right. We got to say the law. Discover the Sunshine State. Come to Florida and experience the ultimate vacation destination. Warm weather, stunning beaches, and endless white privilege. You'll never run out of things to do. Don't miss the opportunity to swim with dolphins, go deep sea fishing, explore the Everglades National Park, or completely erase the history of the enslavement and oppression of African Americans. Book your trip to Florida now and create memories that'll last a lifetime, except for the ones about black people, unless they're really good at sports. Everyone piled into their trucks to make the drive to the sheriffs, with everyone keenly looking in all directions. As the trucks arrived at their destination, the passengers filed into the station to relay what they had seen. The officer was greatly confused and had to get the story out many times to try to understand that this wasn't just a drunken argument that had become a shootout. No, these were people defending their home from mysterious little floating men with gold eyes. Unsure of what to do, the officer called for his superior, Chief Greenwell. The chief went through the same exercise again with the families to ensure that he had the facts together. Once he had things sorted out, he began to make calls to the state police, on-duty officers, to report to the station. Even the local photographer and military police from the local army base were dispatched. One may be thinking, why would the sheriff go through all this trouble? Well, as you would have it, the chief had his own paranormal experience not long before. In 1952, returning from his sister's home, he and 75 to 100 other motorists stopped to see an enormous, metallic, oval-shaped craft hovering overhead for 30 minutes before bolting away. The crew returned to the homestead, with the officers sensing the terror of the family putting themselves on high alert. Some officers observed a curious glow near the woods or the fence that would then disappear as they got closer. Shells littered the ground and the house was covered in broken glass. Light shone through the holes in the wall and the roof. Missing was any evidence of the goblins. No fur, hair, feathers, blood, carcasses, nothing at all. Rumors and chatter swirled of the boys getting a few too many nips of the shine, but Lucky and Billy protested that they'd never dare do that in front of Miss Glenny. No remnants of alcohol were observed either. The family uneasily tried to rest. Lucky fell fast asleep in a chair with a gun laid across his lap in his mother's room. Miss Glenny did not rest so easy. Nodding in and out of sleep, unsure if she was seeing little men again, in reality or in her dreams. Around 3 a.m., the fight resumed as Miss Glenny was certain the creatures were real and peering at her. The firefight lasted until 5 a.m. When the sun rose, the creatures had all disappeared. Protected now by the light, the family felt safe. June urgently wanted to leave this place, but the men needed to repair the home first. After deciding to go out for supplies, the men determined it was best to keep their mouths shut to avoid being harassed. To their astonishment, another invasion had come, but this time it was more friendly. Reporters, friends, law officials, and Chief Greenwell all came to get the skinny on what had taken place. Even a local radio station had come to interview the survivors. To the interviewer's own astonishment, the individuals all had the same story. He had intentionally separated them to try to catch inconsistencies with their tales. While they couldn't explain it, 
everyone seemed to agree that something truly unusual and incredible had happened that night. Word spread quickly with visitors coming to talk to the family and try to have a similar experience themselves, much to the chagrin of Miss Glennie and the family, not even charging money deterred them. As Lucky, Billy Ray, Vera, and June all needed to get back to work, Miss Glennie was left with the family and feeling overwhelmed and fearful. Within weeks, she had sold the farm, moving to a nearby apartment complex, feeling the safety in numbers with their new neighbors. JC was permanently traumatized, unable to hold a job, and living in constant fear the men would return. Billy Ray and June never returned. June refused to step foot in Kelly ever again. That's the rundown on the legend of the Kentucky Goblins. So let's let's go through and figure out our takes on it. We'll start with my perspective here. To me, I have a really hard time believing they saw anything paranormal, supernatural whatsoever. It looks very, very much like the description of these creatures not just looking like mogwais or whatever the hell else. I mean, they, they look very much like a, a an owl. And we all know that like owls are very uh, aggressive and things like that. So it could just very well have been that one of the guys got spooked as fuck by a giant owl and they just lost their shit. What the fuck is an owl? Like a what fucking fuck bird, an owl. I'm kidding. <laughs> but it's definitely like a, another thing is that... We've got the reports from the local law enforcement talking about seeing a random glow that would disappear. Uh, there's a very plausible idea that it could have been foxfire, which is like a bioluminescent fungus that grows in the woods. So it's very good chance that they, they saw it glow and then dim and glow and dim. But the conditions, they had described them as being dry recently, so there wouldn't be a lot of fungus growing in those woods in such dry conditions. Mm, um very interesting i don't know people that know more than me <laughs> have said it's it's not that uh, far-fetched that it would be foxfire but that's kind of my take like, on it i just like out of the out of, out of left left field we've got casey says one small bit of science and michael's like mm, <laughs> fucking told you yeah bitch <laughs> fucking alien ass the least educated person you know <laughs> Just pull the theory out of his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, Michael, then I guess if you're supporting that, what is your what's your take on it? First off, I think it's ridiculous to to think that these people saw owls because they would have been seeing a gang of owls. They would have had multiple witnesses that would have been able to say, "Hold the fuck up, guys! There's a, that's a fucking owl out there. That's not no creature coming at us." Also, it disregards all the main things that make the story interesting, which is. Things like the the sounds they make whenever they get like shot at, they said it sounds like clinking, right? Like that was that's a pretty specific term to use, clinking, and and whenever they do get shot, they float off, right? So well, there's but the the fact is they're not hitting anything. That's the point. They're not hitting anything. That's why nothing is left behind because they didn't shoot anything. They saw an owl and freaked the fuck out. See, but that to me kind of like. If if we start with this idea of like, let's just like for, for as a mental exercise, take them at the word that they they saw they were being genuine. Let's just say as a, just as a to try to go back to the story, trying to see what matches up to that. Right. That they that they're being genuine in saying this. They are, are shooting at something 
that we don't even know what rules it plays by. We don't like it could be a holographic thing for all we know. The the floating off thing kind of made me think of like a video game. Like if you were shooting at something in VR and it just like shoot, you know, floats off into space, that's what these things are doing. And on top of all that, we have several different accounts of the appearance, all describing something very specific. Some of the details were were off, which I thought was interesting too. But to me, it's just if you see an owl, I mean, it just I mean, we can even look up like footage of an owl pull, at night. Pull up a picture of a great horned owl. It looks starkly like the the pictures we're we're looking at before. It's got gold eyes, gray body, big horns. They're about two to three meter or two to three feet tall. They don't touch the ground. They float. For all we know, these things are trying to emulate looking like owls. I mean, no, it's I, a fucking owl. They I, saw I, an owl and got scared. I don't and... buy it. Plus, these people have lived out here in the woods for like their entire lives, most likely. This is where they. This is where they come to. This is like their. This is where they relax. They're going to spend no. time outside. They're going to know no, what these, owls look like. The, these guys. These guys, regardless of what it says about not finding the evidence. They were up till midnight playing cards. They were definitely drinking something. These guys got scared. They started freaking out. These probably aren't the smartest people on earth. They're panicking. They're carnival people. Come on. It's it's very Whoa, clear yeah. to me that this is like a panic. We, we didn't really get into this, but like in the book, she's talking about how Miss Glennie, it was a very like, I mean, talk, this is the 1950s. So we're talking like 1950s rural America. These people are very like, conservative like everything is like even though they work on a carnival they're still very like they're church going people like she, they spend this all this time talking about how religious they are and and so because of that they didn't even want to drink in front of miss glenny not to say that they weren't you know it's possible they were still drinking but i still think you can see some shit while you're drinking i've never confused an owl for a fucking goblin all that aside this is all a very interesting uh case study because there's this there's this quote by jacques valet that I believe comes from dimensions that kind of addresses this idea of like the, the, the witnesses that tend to, that tend to have these experiences. They tend to be rural people, like everyday people. And he says, contact between human percipients and the UFO phenomenon occurs under conditions controlled by the latter. Its characteristic feature is a constant factor of absurdity that leads to a rejection of the story by the upper layers of the target society and an absorption at a deep unconscious level of the symbols conveyed by the encounter. The mechanism of this resonance between the UFO symbol and the archetypes of the human unconscious has been abundantly demonstrated by Carl Jung, whose book, Flying Saucers, makes many references to the age-old significance of the signs in the sky. So I, I, I think he brings up a good point that like this might be intentional to present itself to just common everyday folk. It might be intentional to not get the attention of people who perhaps would be more educated or why why aren't they dropping by at a science lab right we talk about this all the time but but we've also got the fact mm -hmm. that it it's not that everybody that was even one of the points was the fact that hey we're going to go for supplies and we're not going to talk about this because people are going to think we're fucking crazy and then word had spread very quickly about what had happened and people were coming trying to ask more questions, see if they could see these little green men or the little gray men. Uh, it, so it's, it, I don't know. I kind of reject that. A lot of the fan, a lot of the community came together and wanted to see more and was very interested in it. It definitely sounds like we've got mass hysterics and panic going on. You know, and that's so interesting too, because 
um, in, in Diana Pasolka's book, American Cosmic, she describes this term hierophany. And a hierophany is essentially a manifestation of the sacred, is what, is what she calls it. It's a location where it's believed that non-human intelligence reveals itself to humans. So it's like the, this it kind of becomes a sacred place. And usually religions even form around it, like, like in the history of religions. Roswell, New Mexico is a perfect example of it. They have like conventions every single year. Like it kind of, it makes this like uh, this gathering happen because it just becomes like this place where people like, wow, this thing appeared to them. And it had this like profound like effect on the community as a whole, kind of like Mothman, right? They have the Mothman festivals. But anyway, it's something that's still ongoing today. Like they they made a, a comeback in this TV uh, documentary series called uh, Hellier. Uh, that that starts with quote a frightened man who claimed that a group of small three-toed creatures were emerging from a mine shaft and terrorizing his rural Kentucky home. So whatever these things are, they're still around. Well, I know. I I think I've got it figured out at this point. Tell us more, Casey. What what's your take? So do me a favor and pull up that picture of that handsome son of a bitch. Okay, uh, now. I believe that it's definitely a subterranean goblin creature that lives in the mines. First of all, Kentucky has like what nowadays 400 plus mines in the state. It's one of the, one of the biggest mining states in the United States of America. So there's mine shafts every fucking where all sorts of underground activity going on. Right now let's look at the fucking anatomy of this little creature. He looks like he's definitely amphibious, probably doesn't have much of a bone structure, made to slip through tight cracks, not very big. Look at the eyes. The eyes look like they're almost about to fucking fall off because he probably doesn't use them much. It might be an evolutionary adaptation. The ears look similar to something, and even the one with the antenna. If you look at uh, cave salamanders and stuff, they have similar looking face structures with ears and antennas that help them see things in the dark. Uh, so what I think is these are little goblin creatures that are coming up from, from underneath the surface. They're being awakened by these mines, and they're coming up. But they're, they can only come up at night because, obviously, these little eye things that they have that don't really work would be fucking ruined if they went up during the daytime. Now, why they float off, I don't know why they float off when they die. That, that's, that's a mystery that I can't solve, but I think I pretty much got the rest of it figured out. I mean, why, why do they float and fly at all if they're lizards or uh, nematodes? Well, I mean, how do great I mean, white sharks breed? We, there's a lot about nature we don't know. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, at the end of the day, if you think about it, living under, you know, in those mines, living underground, anything like that, it's already a ridiculously tasking environment to live in. So, I mean, it would make sense for your dead to float. Now, whether or not they floated back towards anything, right, for any particular reason, can't really say there, but it would be advantageous, right, for, for a body to float. Biologically speaking, though, chemically speaking, you also, I mean, when we die, when anything dies, typically speaking, you know, you start to fill up with methane, you start to bloat. There's nothing that says that they, you know, might, through their own anatomy, they might have some way that they might die and start to fill with helium for all we fucking know. Like their decomposition so, could fill them with other gas. I mean, it, the, the, for all we know, there's there's some crystal in in the bottom of that cave that their spirits are returning to. I mean, we don't know everything about these goblins. Yeah, we have no idea. It might not even be like a physical entity. You know, it, it literally could be a holograph. Everybody was tripped out the first time they saw something. You got to think about that. Uh, you know, but after a while, people learn to live with things. 
Yeah, so this your, is something we could learn to live with. So, so Case Man, your take is that these are genuine goblins that are in the caverns of Kentucky. I think these are goblins in about the most literal sense. You could you could have goblins. They're they're subterranean creatures. They live in mines. They come out in the middle of the night to look for coins and trinkets and all sorts of shiny objects they can take back to their little holes. Case man, I think I, they're I precious and perfect. I think they should be on the endangered species list. I think we should be watching out for them. I think that shooting them is the dumbest thing. They're poor little claws. They were just trying to maybe they're just trying to touch the guy's hair. You you ever seen how little cat paws at you? Now, if a little cat pawed at you, you wouldn't shoot it. They're like kitties of the cavern. Yeah, look at them. Just, I mean, it's it's strange looking, but uh, I think there's it's beautiful. What are you gonna do with shiny things in a subterranean hole with no light? Well, I mean, tell that to all the creatures that gather shiny objects. I'm not sure. I mean, they might even have some sort of bioluminescent quality that comes from their eyes that causes them to glow and it reflects on the little the the shiny trinkets and it pleases them. I mean, my cat keeps taking my fucking socks under the bed and I have no idea why. Well, it's because they smell like you. Well, that's very flattering. <laughs> Yuck. But I think it's goblins. I think it's for real goblins, man. I don't know any other way, any other thing it could be. Case, man, I got to ask. So if you found yourself in the same situation, you would just open your doors and just let them come and chill? Well, yeah, of course. Well, you got to give you got to give the right body language. I imagine it's like it's like that time I gave that fox a potato chip. Like you got to crouch down and you got to present yourself in a non-threatening way. And then they'll come over and eat the potato chip and then run off through that cemetery. You wouldn't be worried about some like space disease or like underground disease? Uh, you know, I, I, I feel like uh, I wouldn't be too worried about it. I mean, it's not like we're going to be banging or anything. I just. You let it come in and, and have 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 some water. Maybe they were hanging around the well because they wanted water. They knew that was a reliable source. Water underground's probably tainted from all the mining operations and stuff. I guarantee mining that thing's gonna rub on your poisoned. face. It's okay, gonna rub well, itself on your face. face. You know what? I think it's stupid that people shake hands, but I still shake people's hands and I'm not rude about it. If that's how they say hello is rub their grubby little hands on my face, then I'm not gonna be impolite. I will say I that. listen. I wake up every day and hope that something like this happens to me. It's so fucking unfair that it happens to people. That's <laughs> to me. It might. It might every day that. of my life, life. I every time something strange happens around me, I stop and hope. Oh, this is the day that something fucking insane and supernatural is about to happen, and then it's always some stupid logical Earth thing that One science could explain case, away. One of these like days, an owl. case man. I haven't seen so many owls in person. So, okay, well, here's here's one more thing that we're all kind of ignoring because I'm not even sold on this whole caverns thing. I think we are completing that story because at the very beginning of the story, he he sees like a um, like a UFO. Like he's at the well and he sees this thing floating in the sky and that's what makes him run inside to like freak out. So we're kind of completely ignoring that even with the owl theory. Like He saw a shooting star, dude. No, absolutely not. Also, there's not a lot of light pollution in 1955 Kentucky. It's very easy to see a shooting star at that point. Somebody who lives out in ru- in the rural Kentucky is not going to know what a shooting star is? I don't buy that. No, they're going to know does. what a shooting star is, but they're drunk. I don't you, buy you that. Even are, when you're, you're drunk. You're ignoring an entire state. You're, you're ignoring. You're ignoring like the most glaring, in my opinion, 
theory. Yeah, let's hear but. your let's hear your take, Rob. Where where are you at here? All right. So it's 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 1955. The government's been playing around with LSD for a fucking second, right? But they've been trying to use it as a truth serum. They haven't been trying to use, but because it's not actually been super effective as a truth serum, right? Like sometimes you can get, you know, the truth out of somebody. Sometimes the person fucking just turns into a puddle of fear and bad trips, right? So naturally they're going to be looking for other ways that they can still use something like that to their advantage. In comes the fucking well that they keep getting their goddamn water from and the fact that it's in a rural area. Everybody's using wells. So they take LSD. They start to poison the fucking groundwater out there. This seeps into their wells. They go, this would explain him looking up and instead of seeing a shooting star, he, still, he sees a silver thing with these rainbow fucking trails, right? He, they, they, they see what is more than likely, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll admit, probably an owl, right? But they're fucking tripping balls. It's not, to them, it's not an owl, right? Not only that, but the entire family at this point, they bring, you know, they, they, they drink from the water. Their family's been drinking from the water. The kids probably drink. They're all fucking tripping sack right now. And all it takes is like one person introducing this idea to a group full of people who are tripping for them to all start to see this, this, uh, this, this thing going on. And all it really boils down to, right, is the government trying to find a new way to, to use. And what better place to do that than a small rural part of fucking Kentucky that we've never heard of be, you know, before telling this story, right? It's got a small number of people. A mass hysteria of that size, it's not going to hurt. They didn't introduce this to the waters of Chicago, right? It's its going to be an isolated incident of some crazy shit happening inside their heads and a bunch of people freaking out. I also throw out there that this lasted all night. LSD typically takes a number of hours to wear off, not to mention the fact they probably at some point or another drank more. So th this shit goes on to like five in the morning, right? They're freaking out. I, I, I've never done acid. I have to assume though that it's not super easy to fall asleep while you're on it, which would no, explain you don't why, fall asleep. It doesn't make you. Which sleep would explain why else. everybody, which is why everybody on it, it they, they may doze, right? But none of them are actually asleep, and it's why Homegirl Mc McGlenny is over here freaking the fuck out because she thinks she 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 hears something. I think what happened. They, they're they're tripping balls. An owl is rustling around in the fucking grass. It shoots out of there. They Because they're tripping, they see some crazy shit. They come home, they tell everybody else, and then everybody starts to, to, to have the same experience. And then it just keeps on going. And that would explain also why all of their stories are the same. Their descriptions are all just piggybacking on one another. They're all believing they saw the same shit it's kind of like the fucked up you know thing in uh or like the, the bit in um uh that first nolan batman movie where they fucking do aerosol for the fucking fear toxin right it's like everybody's wigging out but in this point you know it's it's through the well water. rob so you I think actually, this was a psyop i don't love that theory because it seems like you're kind of ignoring the fact that goblins are real <laughs> and that to me invalidates everything you say after after goblins aren't real. They could be tripping balls and seeing real goblins. But okay, I will say though, Rob, I'm actually more a fan of your theory than than Andrew's because it's actually addressing the things that we hear in the story. I feel like a lot of the the pushback on the story is usually an attack on the witnesses, or they'll just flat out just like, oh, I'm just not gonna even think about him seeing this thing beforehand, or I'm not going to think about the clink or the floating. There's too much going on there. 
your theory at least kind of addresses you're you're too wor- you're too worried about these little fucking details adding up to the fact that have you ever actually seen a fucking owl in person they yeah. are horrifying yeah they, they are, are terrifying but you can tell them yeah, you but can if see you immediately they're a bird nobody if you're no, that looks like a bird oh no no it's dark at night they are scary they are huge it does not look immediately like a fucking bird it looks like fucking death coming for you it looks like a dementor and if and if you're tripping fucking balls and you see something like that and you shoot it i'm surprised that they didn't just like cease to exist as far as they saw because they're gonna fall but like watching something fall while fucking tripping acid it could look like it's like floating away and in fact it could have just been you know falling off the top of the roof or whatever the fuck and they are aggressive and they will come after you back up on the story though real quick did they say that they saw one of the cl- the claws coming through the ceiling or coming up through the floor? Which one was it the was one from that the ceiling? It was coming down from the ceiling. They heard the okay, claws so, rustling so, on tin roof. Okay, so then, so then it's, it's it's perfectly you know perfectly believable that they upset it probably upset a a a mother owl probably near her fucking nest. They're tripping fucking balls. They run back to the cabin after having shot at this fucking thing. And the it and it 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 comes at them right. The only way in is the the roof, so it tries to get in through that. And so, all of that all of that would totally make sense. And from there, at that point, if they are actually tripping on acid, any and every other sound or sight or smell or anything else is going to be because they are so keyed up over this one incident. Everything else they do is always going to it, it's it's going to feed into that belief, that kind of hysteria that they've created while also intoxicated. I don't buy it, guys. No, I don't think. I don't buy it. This is this is no owls. I, I think, yeah. I think people I'm not are, saying if, it's aliens or if you goblins have to or anything backwards else. Backwards to try to science the shit out of this, then then I think you're wrong. And I think you have to bend over backwards to try to disprove this one. I think it's ironclad. Well, that's yeah. a that's a bombshell right there. Project Blue Book ended up calling it uh mass hysteria. So There's that, no that such the official word thing. I, I hate when they do those like, oh, people have the shared hallucinations or something. You can't have a shared hallucination. That's just psychiatrists being lazy. It's an no, no, we've ex- answer. No, we've experienced mass hysteria very recently with like uh, COVID nineteen with people freaking the fuck out over you know. Okay, well, yeah, uh, that, to- toilet mean, like, paper uh, stuff like that. It's 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 very easy to experience mass hysteria I from what I mean. a tra- traumatic event. I guess what I mean is like when they talk about people having shared hallucinations or whatever. How like uh, I mean, I don't think- L- you, you throw some you throw some LSD in there, and I think you could have some shared hallucinations that are banked on the same psychological principle as mass hysteria. I, which which also, in and of itself not- is really interesting, by the way. The fact that when people sometimes trip together, they see the same entities. I don't know that that's that's a little weird. That that speaks Look, to a whole different it's, science it's that we're like- not even aware of. Fucking with the filter on your brain that doesn't let you see that shit. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think I think at the end of it, I'm sorry to, to interrupt, but I think at the end of it, we can just take a page out of the boondocks and just note that the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. That was the story of the Kentucky Goblins. Thank you guys for listening. N- next episode, we're actually co- going to be covering a very sexy topic. Michael, what is that again? Mm, the sexy abduction of Antonio Villas Boas. So sexy. So sexy. And uh, we just want to remind you guys that uh, any listeners out there, if you uh, have anything you want to say, you know, any holes you want to poke in anything we have, any, you know, any, any feedback you got on, uh, on, on what we talked about today or any other episode, 
reach out to us at this here podcast at gmail.com. And uh, also don't, you know, don't hesitate to share your own creepy stories. Let us know what you want to hear about. And uh, Casey, what, uh, what you got for us? Uh, what, 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 sign us off. Goblin butts drive me nuts. Goblin butts drive us nuts. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, we'll see you guys us. later. Thanks everyone. This has been the Supernaturally Bad Podcast. If you'd like to get in touch with us about a topic we should cover, or just reach out to chat, send us an email at thishearpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Pendejos. Pendejos. No. No, wait. Pendejos. Now that we're no longer recording, we all totally believe the goblins are a thing, right? Uh, no. Absolutely not. Just, not. You guys weren't just doing devil's advocate. No, I don't believe That's that. That's infuriating. What the fuck is wrong with you people?